The reason that I wanted us to sing that together is there's a line in our anthem that we sing. I don't know how many times that you may personally have sung our national anthem, but it invites us to stand on guard for Canada. And the question that we want to ask today is, what does that mean to stand on guard for your country? Because for some people, that has meant uh, taking up arms and going to war. Does anyone here have family connections, family members uh, that have served in the military, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, father? Just raise your hands. Yeah. So we have a number of people who have family connections there. Um, what are some of the stories that are represented there? I'll just come around with the microphone, and if you just reflect out, what, what's your family connection? Yeah. Peter. My father served in the British Navy, and uh, my uncle died in the war. He was 300 miles away from Newfoundland, and his boat was destroyed by a uh, German U-boat, and he was 19 years old. Yeah. Larry. My father served as a uh, conscientious objector in the medical uh, services. In England, he damaged his uh, back and had to have steel, uh, steel pins put in by holding a person up while they were being operated on. Other connections, family connections. Gary. Uh, my father served in the Canadian Navy. Uh, destroyer, and um, he came out unscathed, apparently, but uh, my, his mother's father died in the First World War uh, in Europe, and uh, it left the family scathed. Other connections, family connections that you have? Yeah, Betty. My dad made telephones at Western Electric, so he got excused from going overseas because that was a vital thing or, or something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sheila. Uh, my great uncle uh, died in the First World War. He was a RAF pilot. He uh, died in France, flying over France. And my grandfather, um, he also was with the RAF, and he um, taught in the Second World War. He taught flying in the Second World War in Ontario. But he was stationed also in uh, Britain. And I have a nephew now that's fighting. Although he's, he's an air sea, he's not really fighting, but he's an air sea rescue pilot, cormorant helicopter pilot. Lindsay. My grandfather was a merchant seaman in World War II, and then my brother actually just um, got was medically retired, I guess, out of the military after 10 years, so um, he was injured on a tour in Afghanistan. Yeah. So there's many, many connections that even in uh, this group of people that we have to times and places uh, of conflict. And on a Remembrance Day weekend, 
whether at school assemblies or memorial gatherings at local cenotaphs and through first-person contacts that we have through family and friends. We're all shaped by those stories uh, that we've shared. And the collective memories that we pass on from generation to generation. And that's sort of part of why one uh, aspect of our gatherings that we want to do is intergenerational to help navigate some of those conversations together. And yet some of the narratives from our own national history um, here in Canada don't actually tidally fit into the weekend of Remembrance Day. And Larry actually highlighted a little bit uh, of that for us in uh, his family connections uh, to conflict and through conscientious objection. And that's the story of those who chose a different path, who chose a path of peace. And this morning at Jericho, we're going to take time to honor and reflect on those who served in a different way, uh, those who chose alternative service. And these people are known as conscientious objectors. And so we have Larry's father. Uh, we also have Al Thiessen's dad represented uh, among that number. So there's personal connections and stories here at Jericho uh, that are reflected out. And so these stories are maybe not as well known to us. And that's why after Coffee and Connection time, we've made an arrangement uh, with a, a filmmaker uh, out of Winnipeg to show a documentary called The Last Objectors. And we're going to be having a discussion on what uh, love and what non-resistance might look like in our world today. I think it's important to say that by doing this, this is not in any way to devalue or denigrate the significant sacrifices made by those who have served or are serving in the military. It's simply to highlight that as Mennonite brethren, we stand uh, as a part of the historic peace church tradition. And the historic witness of the peace church tradition has been to reject the use of violence and the taking of lives while at the same time holding the conviction that the state has a God-given role to play in restraining evil, which is talked about in Romans 13. And so even in our confession of faith, as Mennonite brethren, we have two articles uh, that we hold. Article 12, which talks about society and the state, and it says, we believe God instituted the state to promote justice and to maintain law and order. Christians' primary allegiance is to Christ's kingdom, and believers are called to witness against injustice exercise social responsibility, and obey all laws that do not conflict with the Word of God. And then Article 13 is on love and non-resistance. We believe that God in Christ reconciles people to himself and to one another, making peace through the cross. And we seek to be agents of reconciliation, practicing love for enemies, and express Christ's love by alleviating suffering, reducing strife, and promoting justice. Because violence and warfare are contrary to the gospel of Christ, we believe we're called to give alternative service in times of war. And in the Second World War, almost 11,000 individuals who, for reasons of conscience, said that they felt, uh, instead of being called to take up arms, they felt that they would perform alternative service and that they wouldn't be willing to take the life of another human being. But they were committed to standing on guard for their country. And so instead of being passive, which is, I think, uh, a misnomer of pacifism, is just sitting back and doing nothing. These were people who signed up and served either as medics, uh, like Larry's uh, father's story indicates, and also a current movie uh, in theaters, Hacksaw Ridge, talks about an example of one such story from the U.S. 
and others served in essential industries, whether it was agriculture or, Betty, you talked about um, your uh, father being exempted. There were others who were teachers who were exempted. And this was not an easy decision, as we'll see in this film, or one that was undertaken lightly. Uh, some people were jailed for their convictions, and some uh, churches experienced significant backlash in individuals. But their commitment to life and the value of human life uh, led them to walk a path of peace. And so at Jericho, we're going to explore this story together this morning because uh, there's still places in our world that are rife with conflict. And so we want to determine together how we as a community of faith can actually be a witness to peace 